0: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and man, we've got a long episode today, but it's going to be good. Uh, you know, the 49ers are playing Monday Night Football against their division rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. We have a two-game lead, technically a one-and-a-half game lead, but with them having two losses, they played an extra game. Um, but this game is pivotal this week. It's key. It's key. Uh, the 49ers win this game. They go up three games in the division, um, and we're already in the second half of the season. So, so that's huge in and of itself. This is gigantic. So here's what we got this, this week. We're going to break down the history of the matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers, um, how they've done so far this season, what their strengths and weaknesses are for the defense offense, players to exploit, some tendencies in their film analysis, um, all kinds of different stuff. And then we're going to wrap the episode up with my favorite part, the prediction. Predictions, keys to the game, what it's going to take to win, and even what it would take to lose, plus injury updates and so much more. We're going to be here for a minute, but so glad to have you guys joining us. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and hit that up mark. That helps us out a lot, whether that's a like, depending on where you're listening, whether that's Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, um, Twitter, wherever. Please like this video. It helps us out a lot. So let's jump into it. Here's the deal. The Seattle Seahawks are 7-2, and two, a very, very good football team. Uh, you know, if you put their record um, in other divisions, they would be in first place in five separate divisions, five different divisions. Now, they're second in ours and by a lot because the 49ers are undefeated. They are currently the number one wild card team in the NFC as well. So there is a strong chance that the 49ers – don't just play the Seattle Seahawks twice this year. Three times is very, very possible, which we've seen um, several different times with this franchise. Now, um, last week's results are huge. You know, if you looked at that game last week versus the Bucks, uh, they finally they get the win in overtime, but uh, barely. You know, they win <laughs> they win forty to thirty four, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just drive the ball all over them. And we're, we're going to see this throughout this entire episode. The Seattle Seahawks defense is nothing, um, not even a skeleton of what it used to be. It, there's really nothing there. They're not great at anything um, outside of perhaps turnovers, but that's it. So this is a very, how do you you say this? Pedestrian defense, and their offense isn't really that great either. They do have some huge explosive play-wide receivers and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the key to this machine working for them. Now, if we jump back and just pay attention to... The opponents they played, there's a lot of the exact same opponents between uh, the 49ers and Seahawks, the way the division scheduling and the NFL works. So, uh, for example, they've only lost two games. We haven't played these two teams yet, but we will. Um, The Saints, they lost by six, and the Ravens by 14. Now, what is key about both these losses, they were both at home. So the Seattle Seahawks have already lost two games at home, which means they're going to have a little bit of a rougher stretch down the road because they're going to be playing extra games on the road. Now their wins, I'm going to tell you each team they've beaten and by how much, and this is in the order of the season. Uh, Week one, they beat the Bengals by one point. They beat the Steelers by two. Cardinals, their most convincing win of the season by 17. Rams by one, last second field goal. Browns by four. Falcons by seven, Bucks by six. So hey, we're seeing a lot of. They play close games. And the reason why they play close games is because they are awful in the first half. Uh, you watch first half half film of the Seattle Seahawks, you're thinking, no way in hell this is a playoff team. But if you watch the second half of film, you're thinking, all right, these guys are a Super Bowl contender because w- when the pressure is on late in games, they have come out on top almost every single time it was close. The only two times they didn't, you know, the Saints by six, and then the Ravens by 14. But again, the 49ers get to play both of those teams this year. Uh, probably shouldn't say they get to play. <laughs> I just should say they have to play now. Now, obviously, they are not playing tomorrow, it's a Monday night football game, but that's okay. Uh, There's lots of football to watch tomorrow, and uh, towards the um, end of this episode, I'm going to be going over some bets for the 49ers game, some parlays if you want to make bets on Sunday. That way, you have some rooting interest as well through my bookie. We're going to cover all of that, but um, make sure... You do not want to listen to Booger McFarlane on Monday Night Football. I'm sorry. Um, he's a great guy, and he knows football, and he's wonderful. He just doesn't know the 49ers, and he gets all very <laughs> confused often whenever he is in front of a microphone, which is rough whenever that's your career, but that's okay. Um, So if you do not want to listen to Booger McFarlane, understand there is an alternative. Uh, I will be broadcasting live with my partner, uh, Dale DeMont from Eat Sleep Fantasy, and we're going to be covering things. We had over 1,000 people join us last week for the Thursday night game, and it was awesome. Uh, Probably my favorite thing that I took away from that is the average listener tuned in for over three hours straight, which means uh, the people that joined us stayed with us. So if you want to listen to us, it's, it's awesome. It's the Hot Mic app if you have an iPhone, uh, H-O-T-M-I-C, one word. And you can't download it unless you have an invite code. It's still not launched. It's under a soft launch phase right now. Uh, the invite code for you to make it free for you is Rush E S F, no spaces. So R-U-S-H-E-S-F. You enter that in, click on the game, and it's really, really cool because you just turn your TV up, listening to Booger McFarlane will go five minutes before the game starts will go live, and the phone will match – your audio to me so that you know exactly where we are with the delay and it syncs up with your tv then you turn your tv down turn your phone up and you can listen to us do play by play now if you do not have an iphone we are launching on android later this month but you can still watch through periscope and twitter Uh, it just won't sync the phone for you so uh, again that's the hot mic um, app so we will be there for that now Couple questions and injuries because there's a lot of them. Okay. Um, Right off the bat, you got to talk about us. George Kittle did not practice today. Now, um, Kyle Shanahan, in his press conference immediately after the game, uh, he said. Every other player, if they do not play in this last practice, usually it's on a Friday but because we're playing Monday night, they push everything back. So uh, usually players that do not practice this day, they're out, and we already declare them out. However, we have two exceptions. One is Robbie Gold, and the other is George Kittle. And Kyle Shanahan said, doubtful for sure, which the way that it works, the old system, now everybody's just questionable in the NFL. Doubtful tag meant there was a 25% chance that the player would suit up. And that's what he called Kittle. But he did say Kittle's special. And if Kittle starts to feel better in the next two days, he will be out there. So, you know, I'm still going to say it does look like George Kittle is not going to be active Monday Night Football, which is, you know, gigantic. You don't want to force somebody to play when they can't play, especially in the middle of the season. We do have a two-game lead in the NFC West, and we still have... Even if we lose this game, uh, we would still get a first-round buy. So you don't want to rush... The, this is a... <laughs> let me stop myself. I cannot explain how important of a game this is, but... You don't want to jeopardize the best player in the NFL NFL if he's not ready. And it's not just his knee. Um, he's got an ankle issue as well. So he's dealing with the knee and ankle on the same leg. You've got to make sure he is healthy. Now, if George Kittle says, I can go, and he looks okay in warmups, then hell yeah, you play him. But if for some reason he's struggling and there's too much pain tolerance and he can't get in and out of cuts, then you've got to sit him down. Now, the good news is lots of reserves are coming in. Um, it's seeming like Kyle Youzcheck is probably the most likely to play out of the you know four people that are coming back from injury, and Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey, Kyle Youzcheck, and Akella Witherspoon. Seems like Kyle Youzcheck he is playing, in fact, which is key with the Kittle injury because here's what's going to happen: Kyle Youzcheck moves back into his his role as fullback and you know the movable guy and all that stuff, and Roz Dwelly, who's been in that role, now moves to tight end. So where you're taking Kittle out. You put Roz in, and then you put Kyle Juszczyk back in his original spot. So I'm not trying to say it's not a big deal to lose Kittle. It's a gigantic deal but because we're getting Kyle Juszczyk back, this is wonderful news. Also, got to say, Garrett Selleck, who I did not think would be activated. I really didn't. I'll eat crow here, whatever. I didn't think he would play another snap ever in the NFL. He is going to be activated off of the pup list. Whether or not he is active game day depends completely on Kittle. So if Kittle is down, uh, my assumption is... um, they will activate uh, Garrett Selick. Select time, baby. I don't think he'll get a lot of snaps, but he would be one of the backup tight ends for both of those. Um, I do think Joe Staley plays as well. Mike McGlinchey, a little bit less sure about. Um, probably truer to that questionable tag, that 50-50 is where Mike McGlinchey is, and Akello, I don't think, has any chance of being active. He, he has had two practices where he is running and dressed um, on the field, but uh, still not to that point yet where he is um, getting rep, in team or anything like that. So he's probably still two weeks out, uh, possibly more. But the fact that he is progressing slowly, is still good news. Still good news there. Um, now, a um, couple other things, and we'll jump into the injuries for them in a second, but I want to make sure that we get to some uh, question. Do I think Kittle plays? Right now I'd say no. Uh, every day has... <laughs> the odds have shot down. You you'll, you never know how a player responds to an injury with swelling, uh, soreness, and all those things. And there are several injuries that are pain tolerance. Joints are never that. It has nothing to do with pain. Perhaps if it's a meniscus injury, that's about it. But with an ankle and a knee issue, this is 100% performance-based. So, and the players have to listen to their body. You know, we saw George Kittle kind of power through it against the Cardinals, but even he had to take himself out in the fourth quarter where it just got to the point where he couldn't do what he knows he can do. So, the way that his body has responded has not been good. I personally do not think that he will play. Um... So, um, if he doesn't, I would be dead. I'm with you, Fred. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, I hate that he is injured as well. I, I, George Kittle, I, I truly do believe, is the best player in the NFL and best player on the 49ers. So, uh, I do not think he plays. But, crazy thing is, I don't think that's the end of the world. I really, really don't. Uh, not against this team. Uh, the major concerns for this, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I get so excited. Thank you for these questions. <laughs> the, the, this game comes down to Russell Wilson versus our defense, period. Our offense is going to do just fine. Not worried at all about our offense, even if Kittle's not out there. Obviously, we would be better. Obviously, that helps our chances. Don't care. This is Russell Wilson versus the 49ers defensive line and secondary that's where this game is going to be uh, won and lost so um, uh, real quick question who is the biggest challenge this year Baltimore or Green Bay Um, it's got to be Green Bay because we go through Green Bay um, or they go through us they're in the NFC Baltimore is not if I just had to say who is the better team in the NFL um I think I would say Green Bay as well. I think their defense is better than Baltimore's. And I think that uh, the 49ers are going to have to match up with a running quarterback. They are a very unique set of challenges, but I would much rather play against Lamar Jackson, even though he's been on fire this year, than Aaron Rodgers. Um, And again, we are not really competing for Baltimore until the Super Bowl, which we've played against them before. I would love to have a rematch there. Um but, yeah, Green Bay is the team I am more concerned about, and even more than both of those teams, the Saints. I think the Saints are probably the best team in the NFL, or at least in that conversation with the 49ers, uh, Patriots, Baltimore, Green Bay, Seattle. Those are the best teams in the NFL, the kind of upper tier. Um, so a lot of good competition out there. It's the NFL. It's, it's the way it's supposed to go. Um Here we go. Do you think the Seahawks ran up the score last year on us? Yeah, Pete Carroll's done this ever since he has played um, everywhere. Um, And I think he got a taste of this the first year he came into the NFL with the Patriots. A lot of people ran the score up on him, and it's just kind of been who he is. He's, He's not a very um i don't know i don't want to go too far into this but pete carroll's a douchebag so <laughs> hopefully that clears up everything yes he has run up the score on several people chewing his gum up and down the sidelines absolute just he's an awful he's an awful ethics person you go back to his time as usc um yeah whatever i, I can't stand that man can't stand him anyway um let's see here uh more questions real quick Already liked the vid. Thank you, guys. Again, appreciate all of the likes. It helps us out with the algorithms and gets the podcast out there, which it has been growing like crazy. Um, again, lots of people are asking me where you can get 49ers Rush gear. That is wonderful. Head to the website, NinersRush.com. Click on gear. Yeah, I've got all the logos up there, and you can kind of customize the shirts for female, male. I had an awesome picture sent to me by a female fan. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Guys can send me pictures too in the DM. That's appreciated. Uh, but that is up there as well. Now, should we expect the same results on Monday Night Football? Um, You know, we know what happened after the 49ers bye week the first time. You're exactly correct. We're coming off a Monday night uh, kind of mini bye with 11 days off between the Thursday to Monday game. You don't want to give Kyle Shanahan too much time. You look at what happened in the Super Bowl. I know they eventually lost with the Falcons, but the game plan that they came out and jumped out to that huge lead. Kyle Shanahan is already a great first quarter uh, scripting coach. Most coaches in the NFL script between 10 to 20 plays and the first offensive plays of a game. Kyle Shanahan, you give them extra time. That's bad news bears. We know this defense better than anybody. They run a very similar scheme, a truer cover three, the Seattle Seahawks run. Um, we do a little bit more two safety looks and wide nine looks in the front. Um, but yeah, you he knows this defense in and out. And you can say the same thing for the Seattle Seahawks. They know the exact same thing about our defense because they see it day in, day out, all through training camp. Uh, they see it all the time. So I expect this to be a huge offensive game. And the kind of standpoint is going to be whose front seven is going to respond what's going to happen there? I, I, there's no doubt who has the better front seven, the 49ers, it's not even close. Um, Yeah, Alan, I'm with you here. Kyle Shanahan said Taylor is probably out for the season. This is huge. You know, he had the four week timetable, came back from surgery to an infection, to a screw in his foot, took that out, redid the surgery, cleaned up the infection, casted it up. uh, Four weeks later, took it off. It was even more infected the second time. So, whenever that happens, you got to clean it up and start over. So, that time, it just resets four weeks, four weeks, four weeks. And once you get more than one infection, it makes it even more difficult. So, Bad news, Trent Taylor definitely not going to be activated this year. Good news in the wide receiver core, Jalen Hurd still running, uh, still not practicing, but it does look like he will be activated probably around week 13 or 14. That is somebody we could get back in limited snaps. Hopefully for the postseason, he can kind of work his way into um, with the starting two um, wide receivers, you know, where you would have obviously Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, and then if you could get, you know, Jalen Hurd into those uh, snaps that Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis and those guys are getting, that would be huge. So, Jalen Hurd is coming back. That is great news. Really, really excited about that. Um, Now, let's jump in just a little bit more. Let's get to their injuries because they are many. Now, we got to be upset because George Kittle is out or probably out. Don't want to jump ahead too much. Hopefully, he still plays. But Seattle Seahawks have three their top three tight ends are on injured reserve already now none of them are anywhere close to George Kittle I don't think anybody is but they have a lot of injuries as well now if I just go through their limited players um, everybody practiced today for the Seattle Seahawks Dwayne Brown their left tackle who's their best lineman he didn't practice he's got a bicep and a knee injury but he was limited today Davian Clowney a toe and a knee he practiced today Um, Chris Carson was limited Quandre Diggs their slot guy uh nickel corner was limited who they traded for their free safety delano hill was limited tyler lockett was limited with a hip bobby wagner um he was limited just a vet day and then kj wright was limited with the knee. so they, they're banged up too every team in the nfl right now is banged up so don't do the whole oh injuries 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 yeah 49ers have injuries so does every other team uh it's it's, it's kind of where we are it's just where it's going to stay so um, here we go. Let's talk some money. <laughs> Got a comment on there. I want to win some money. I-, I love it. If you guys have been playing with us over on mybookie.ag, use the promo code 49ers. They will match half of your initial deposit if you haven't already. We've been doing wonderful. So I'm going to give you a 49ers bet and a parlay bet. Here is my 49ers bet of the week. Oops, sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Let's cover the lines first. The lines are still at the 49ers minus six. Now, the Kittle injury, I think, might tip it a little bit. I could see this going to minus 5.5, maybe minus 5. Um, and the over-under set at 47.5. I don't like either of those bets. I kind of want to bet the over. I think this is going to be a huge uh, scoring game. Now, I haven't put money down on that yet, but my initial feeling is lots and lots of points. Um, so this is the first time as well that the 49ers game, the, the line hasn't moved. Every other game, it's moved dramatically. Now, my bet of the week in the 49ers game is talked about this last episode. The longest touchdown um, by either team will be over 39 and a half yards. So I am looking for a 40 plus yard touchdown. And I think we're going to see it on both sides. I really, really do. Both of these teams. Have insane speed at the skill positions. Uh, You know, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf on the Seattle side, and then now Josh Gordon as well, who he's going to be a game time decision, which just came out about 20 minutes before we started recording. So they have weapons, and Russell Wilson, he loves to throw the deep ball. That's who he is. But on our side, and the main reason why I want to take this bet is the 49ers. I really think that there's going to be some major home run plays on the 49ers offense with our running backs, whether that's Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, or Matt Breida. I I think something is going to happen there, and even without those guys, I think some of our wide receivers can make those plays as well. So any play over 39 and a half yards for a touchdown, you're going to get paid. You bet 10 to win 17. That's my 49ers game bet. Now, parlay of the week. So if you are wanting to bet several different games, parlay is the way you bet a little to win a lot. Um, so with this bet I've got three games I'm taking the San Francisco money line and what that means is no spread I'm just saying the 49ers win straight up okay? which gives you less odds but I like that bet this week then I'm taking the Lions they're two and a half point favorites okay? so I'm getting the Lions plus two and a half but this is what's great about my bookie.ag. you can choose to buy more points <laughs> so I don't like two and a half points I want to cover that field goal lead so I bought an extra point point back. So instead of the Lions just covering the spread, 2.5 points, I bought a point back, which you can do on there. It's very, very easy to do. Um, So I now have the Lions plus 3.5. So the Lions could lose by a field goal which I think they're going to win out route uh, against the Bears. I don't believe in the Bears. Um, Now, if Matthew Stafford is out, I am canceling that bet. So please understand that this is under the idea that Matthew Stafford is active. If he is not active, I'm taking this bet down, and I'm going to add another team in there. The third team is the Bills plus 2.5. And And again, I don't like 2.5. I want that third, so I'm buying a point back against the Browns. I'm betting 10 to win 25 and again, I'm getting an extra field goal on the Lions and the Bills, and I think the 49ers handle business on Monday night in front of the crowd. I think it's going to be awesome. So those are my major bets of the week, and again, please understand if Matthew Stafford is out, I am taking that bet down. I'm going to replace the Lions with another team, which I'll put up on Twitter. Um, You can follow me at JL underscore Chapman. That's kind of the... I'll I'll be active on there always on Sundays before because usually I answer a lot of fantasy questions but uh so if you got fantasy questions bring them my way it's what it is. All right, here we go. Let's keep uh breaking this down. Let's look at the history matchup between these two teams and it's ugly. Eesh. The Seahawks lead the series 25 to 16. Now, the series kind of went back and forth. We haven't played that much because they didn't used to be in our division. But whenever they changed the way it all works, uh, Seattle came in, and it was just back and forth. However, after the Bowman injury in the NFC Championship, God, my stomach turns ah, just thinking about it. The Seattle Seahawks went on to win 10 straight matchups against the 49ers from 2014 in the NFC Championship game all the way up to 2018. And that stopped last year uh, when the 49ers won in overtime. So... And that was last year. So we're, the streak right now is 49ers plus one. And we're playing at home again on Monday night. I... I. I can't stand the Seattle Seahawks uh, for so many different reasons. One, Pete Carroll. Two, their fan base. I don't think is a real fan base. Um, they're all new fans, which that's okay. And if they stick with their team whenever they're no longer good, then that's great. They're that's real fans. But uh, they were non-existent for the longest time. And if you don't support your team whenever they're bad, then uh, take that for whatever you want. So uh, that's something that's kind of a big deal to me. <laughs> so I can't stand them. You know, I posted a couple odds today and stats today which I'm going to talk about here whenever we get into our breakdown. But here's the deal. Seahawks Twitter, man, they just come at you. You can put whatever you want up there. But the Seattle Seahawks fans, uh, they match – Pete Carroll's personality rather well not all of them there's great Seahawks fans I know that that exists however lots of them are a huge pain so let's now let's change it over to let's break down the defense so this is the scouting report portion of the podcast what the defense does well what they uh, struggle in their scheme tendencies players to watch for players that we can exploit all of that and more so the strengths they don't have a lot they run the exact same defense that we run, and they're fifth in the NFL in turnovers force. They force seven interceptions and nine force fumbles. So that's a lot of fumbles. Uh, and they attack the ball, and a lot of that has to do with the tackling of Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. Whenever they come in to tackle, they punch hard. So th- th- that's kind of a big deal. Now, they're eighth in a touchdown passes allowed. So th- that's the only metrics that they're kind of in the top half of the NFL. Weaknesses? Seattle Seahawks' weaknesses are everywhere else. Here's just a couple rankings as we go through this. Second most rushing touchdowns allowed. 12 rushing touchdowns on the year they've allowed. They are 28th in passing yards allowed. 25th in total yards allowed. 20, and these are my two favorite stats. 24th in pass yards per attempt. They allow 6.9 passing yards per attempt. The 49ers offense averages 7.3. Uh, so, whenever I say like 49ers just need to keep doing what they're doing, they match up perfectly well against this defense. They're 23rd, the Seattle Seahawks defense, and rush yards allowed per attempt 4.7. 49ers only average 4.5, which is still top 10, but. Man, they're giving up rush yards to everybody. So it looks like the 49ers are going to be able to move the ball extremely well and points as well, 22nd most points allowed, 21st um, and first downs allowed. They allow long drives to be capped off and score. Go back to where we started, and when we look at all of the different games and the amount of points that they have won by, they don't win by a lot of points. Their point differential is like 18 on the year. (laughs) 49ers are over 100. So they are somebody that allows bad teams to stay in games, and they allow good teams to kind of jump out early, and then they play catch-up. And I really do think that that's going to be the formula of this game. The 49ers are going to jump out early, and then Russell Wilson's going to have to put on his superhero cape and try to make plays out of his wazoo to try to make up for it. Now, I don't think that this defense will allow him to do that, but that's going to be the way this game shakes out. Okay. Um, now, their scheme. On defense is almost identical to ours. They do run a true single high safety on almost all the plays. They don't do a lot of wide nine either. Uh, they will walk up their nickel back um, and their or their Sam linebacker to make it look almost like a five two look. Uh, whenever those guys are out there and we have a double tight end set, which we do a lot, uh, the motions are going to be interesting because Kyle Shanahan. That's one thing that we do; they don't. They don't motion a lot. They do motion, but not near as much as we do. So uh, as always, that gives our offense an advantage in numbers because they're always looking left to right. Now, tendencies, they don't blitz very much versus their last three opponents. Uh, they blitz the Bucks 18 times, and a blitz constitutes five or more players going after the quarterback so if you just bring four that's not a blitz even if it's a stunt or whatever else um, but they blitz 18 times against the Bucks, 17 times against the Falcons and only six against the Ravens I do expect them to be uh, closer to that 15 to 20 range against the 49ers they will blitz to us and the only player that we really need to watch out for is Bobby Wagner he is he, he's wonderful <laughs> for example he has a 99 rating on Madden even though Though I don't like play into that, but that's a correct rating. He is that good. Jadavian Clowney is good, but he's not great. And he is banged up and whenever he's banged up, he is not nearly as accurate or active against the offense. So Yeah, he's a hell of a player. He's not near as good as Chandler Jones, who we saw the previous week, but he is very formidable. If we do get Joe Staley and we do get Mike McClinchy back this week, then I don't think you're going to hear Jadavian Clowney's name too often. I really, really don't. Now, players that we could exploit, and there are plenty. I I tried to pick three. Um, (laughs) Michael Kendricks, the criminal. Um, Can't stand this guy. He's already pled guilty to insider trading, should be in prison, but he keeps extending his sentence, whatever. NFL wants to talk about crime and all that stuff. This guy's a convicted felon, and we're allowing him to play um, in front of kids and whatever else. Anyway, it's the Seahawks. They, they love that kind of stuff. Um, he has 15 missed tackles on the season. Fifteen. So he does make a lot of plays in the passing game. However, he is not an active tackler. So uh, look for Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman, those guys, Kyle Juszczyk even, to get a little bit more wiggle room whenever they match up against him because they love to match him up against uh, running backs, tight ends, fullbacks. That's kind of what he does in the passing game. Trey Flowers, their corner, probably their number one corner, six penalties. He's got six penalties. Um, and that's somebody that you can target because he's so physical on the outside that you can draw penalties against him uh, pretty much whenever you want. So he's averaging almost a penalty a game, which uh, that's going to be huge on third down. And then K.J. Wright, he is allowed three receiving touchdowns. He is a heck of a player, but uh, he can be taken advantage of in the passing game. So whenever we do that kind of motion out to the empty set with Garoppolo, Trust me, he is going to be attacked at some point this week. Now, let's jump over to just a couple more questions. Um, John, who gets cut when Hurd gets activated? Yeah, I- I've been saying this since day one, but I got kind of got to change it. Uh, you know, I've been saying Kendrick Bourne or... Uh, Richie James, uh, I think it's got to be Kendrick Bourne safe with the way that he has played uh, so far this so if you're just going to cut from the wide receiver position you can make the argument Marquise Goodwin but I don't think so. Uh, Kyle Shanahan mentioned him by name this week saying that he finally has had a full week of practices and has has looked good. So this is one of the things that's going to be telling this week how much snaps and play time does Marquise Goodwin get since you know he had the personal issues which He's been through a hell of a lot, he and his family. You don't want to knock him for that. But then we trade for Emmanuel Sanders. He hasn't played since. So this week, if Marquise Goodwin gets some snaps, that will be telling. If he doesn't, then I would say Marquise Goodwin. If he does get snaps, then I would say Richie James, just from the wide receiver position. Uh, You know, we just saw, we just cut Sam Hurd to make space for a kicker if Robbie Gold can't go. Um, The defensive line's got some movement around there. Uh, if you want to bring an extra wide receiver and have seven wide receivers, just make one of them inactive. I'd be okay with that. Uh, you could activate um, Julian Taylor, cut Sheldon Day, I think is what would happen is if we cut a defensive player. And just if you want to stock up on those wide receivers and keep them because there's so much young talent there, I'd be fine with that as a GM as well. Um, let's see here. Couple other questions. What's up with Goodwin? Kyle Shanahan said it's hard to get to him because of Emmanuel Sanders' health, uh, the personal issues, and then um, he didn't make full practices. You know, he missed that. So, uh, again, as I said, this is going to be a huge week for Marquise Goodwin's future with the team this year um, and perhaps the long term. I doubt that he is brought back next year, regardless of what happens in our current situation, but that's what it is. Um, do you think it's possibility K- uh, Kittle plays on a snap count? I remember week one, Bosa when they said he was out there. Kind of use him as a decoy spot, maybe. Um, We'll we'll know before. (laughs) If Kittle can go, if Kittle has a helmet on, he is going to play. And maybe you do put him out there as a snap count on third down and third and short and things like that. But uh, here's my thing. If Kittle's going to play, I want him out there. If he's not healthy to play the full game, then sit him down. Uh, Either you are or you aren't. I don't want somebody that valuable playing on a snap count personally. Um, Either you're healthy or you're not. That's just my thing. Um. Yeah. So take that for what you want. Um. Will Dwelly start at tight end if Kittle can't go? Exactly. Yes. So Dwelly will move from his fullback spot to tight end where Kittle is. And what's going to happen is Kyle Uzcheck, who is uh, they've already said is going to be able to go, he's going to move into the fullback spot. So in those kind of formations, we're going to have Kittle. Uh, or sorry, I apologize. Dwelly at the tight end and Uzcheck at the as the fullback. Now we are going to activate Garrett Selleck, which um we'll have to see what happens with that. But I, you got Dwelly as your tight end, then Toy Lolo, then Selleck is my guess. That's kind of what it's going to be because he hasn't played very much. Uh, he, re- he really, really hasn't. Now, before we jump over to the offensive side, I do want to take a second and just talk to you guys about bluechew.com. Love these guys, a the new sponsor of the show. Um, Here's the deal. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom. Here's what you do. Head to bluechew.com. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, and here's the thing. It's completely free. Your first order is completely free. So bluechew.com, use promo code 49ers. All you have to do is pay for the $5 shipping, and here's what bluechew does. It's the very first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, and you can take them anytime day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. Works twice as fast as the pill. And so whenever the opportunity comes up, you're going to be just fine. Um, Again, if you think you could benefit from this extra function and more confidence, please head to bluechew.com. Use promo code 49ers. And again, completely free. And the best part about it is this, it's discreet. Uh, You don't have to go to a doctor. You don't have to wait in a pharmacy. Um, All you have to do is a Prescribed online and shipped straight to your door. So again, head over to Blue Chew. That's the color. B L U E. I'm dyslexic. That's hard to spell out. P <laughs> L U E. C H E W dot com. Promo code 49ers. And that is there for you. It's free. So if you've been wanting to try it, uh, please head over there and do so. So here we go. Let's talk offense. And it's it's night and day it's completely different than what we just said about their defense because their defense has holes and flaws everywhere their offense however it's it's very, they got a pretty damn good offense you know they lead the nfl in passing touchdowns with 22 they lead the nfl in fewest interceptions they've only thrown one all year now i will say this and probably one of the only weaknesses of this team um, you know statistically they have lost eight fumbles which is huge so they do turn the ball over it's just not the way that they uh, usually do interceptions are kind of key in the NFL um, but they do fumble the ball a lot now do you think the defense switch from a wide nine this is a question real quick um, to a more of a closer split on running downs and throw downs? Absolutely not. The number one goal of this game is going to be to keep Russell Wilson inside the pocket as best as you can. Um, And if he is going to escape the pocket, you want him to step up into the offensive line and not escape outside. So the wide nine is key this week. This is the reason why you do a wide nine. You are trying to get to the edges before the quarterback can boot out. Now, the offense that they run, and that's a great question, the The offense that they run is very, very vanilla. Uh, the running game is simple. It's just a run-pass option or a zone read. They don't do a lot of special things with the blocking or whatever else. But their passing game, it is all over the place. There's uh, jet sweeps. There's motions. There's uh, naked bootlegs. There's uh, all kinds of misdirection. They're everywhere. So, their goal as an offense is to get Russell Wilson outside the pocket. And you can tell by the way they draft and their personnel groups. Their offensive line is trash. It's trash. Uh, Dwayne Brown's amazing. He is a all-pro type player at the left tackle. Outside of that, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very bad. If they didn't have Dwayne Brown, they would probably be the worst offensive line in the NFL. Uh, definitely bottom three. As it is right now, they're still bottom five probably. Um But they don't care because Russell Wilson just escapes. A little bitty troll back there, low center of gravity. He gets to move all over the place. And so they're okay with that. They really don't mind it. Um, So the wide nine is key because... If you can force Russell Wilson to step up, then you can limit his big plays because, yeah, he might be able to scramble for a couple first downs rushing up, but that's not what what he wants to do. When Russell Wilson scrambles, he looks downfield. He's not trying to run the ball. He will do that, um, but it, it's what it is. So it, we want to keep the wide nine and kind of pinch so that he steps up in the pocket instead of uh, kind of rolls out. So the guys that get there, and this is gigantic this week, you know their right tackle, uh, Jermaine Ifedi, who was a former first-round pick. Somehow, don't know how it, it, the Seahawks' drafting methods—they're just—they're weird. Unconventional is probably the best word to use because they draft these guys that have fourth-round grades by everybody else in the first round, and they usually make them fit, at least on the defensive side. Jermaine Ifedi was one of those players. Uh, I don't think anybody had more than a third-round grade on him out of Texas A&M, and he was a guard. They spent a first-round draft pick and move him to tackle. He's been awful uh, since he stepped in he leads the NFL in most pressures or sorry quarterback hurries allowed with 36 the next closest in the NFL has 26 (laughs) so he's six past that guy but the key is this you can't just get a hurry against Russell Wilson you have to get a sack you have to hit him and you have to bring him down Uh, He gets hit all the time. He gets sacked all the time. Uh, He's the opposite of Kyler Murray in that facet, but you have to make those hits and those sacks count. He's never missed a game. He's never missed a game. We knocked him out uh, for a a half (laughs) last year, uh, but he was just fine. He was back out there the next week limping around. So you've got to be able to make those, those, those count now. Back to the Seattle Seahawks offense and what they do well. Fourth in total yards, fifth uh, in first downs, fifth in yards per passing attempt, fifth in rushing attempts. Everything works. It just works on offense. Seventh in rushing yard, ninth in passing yards. Uh, The only weaknesses are uh, eight fumbles, which is 27th in the NFL, lost. Eight fumbles lost. And then also 19 sacks and 18 additional quarterback hits. You gotta knock the hell out of this guy. So, you know, one of my keys to the game, I'm jumping ahead here. I get so excited. You guys just get me excited. It's you guys, not me. Um I want ten quarterback hits. I want ten quarterback hits against Russell Wilson. Whether those are sacks, now hopefully most of them are sacks, but if you're hitting him as he's throwing the ball, you've got to keep hitting him. You got to keep hitting them. So ten court, ten quarterback hits total. That is key. So if that's four sacks and six hits, that's gigantic. If we get ten hits, I think the 49ers win this game. Now, uh, the scheme that they do, it's really not anything special. It's it's all eleven and twelve personnel. Uh, The first number is the running back so 11 means one running back one tight end 12 means one running back two tight ends. Um, There's not really a lot there their running game is very very simple and they do a whole bunch of screens. So uh, the way the running game works is it's zone read where Russell Wilson will look <laughs> and read the defensive end. If the defensive end crashes it, he'll keep it just for a quick three to four yard gain. If not, it's an automatic give every single time. And then they just kind of hit a lot of screens. So if you look at our new two new ta- uh, linebackers, they're going to have a huge game. You know, Drake Greenlaw moves from Sam a forty percent snap rate to. Will linebacker, which is 100% snap rate. Aziz um, steps into that Sam roll. These guys have their work cut out for them big time. So uh, this is going to be something that we're going to have to see. So, again, zone read, counter tray uh, That's basically what they do in the run game with some screen work. And then they run verticals, okay? There is somebody running vertical on every single damn play because the thought process is if all else fails, they don't check the ball down, they chunk it deep. They just believe Russell Wilson's going to do his Houdini magic and just lay it up in the air, and if we get a pass interference, great. If not, we'll see what happens. So that's kind of their philosophy on offense. Um, Wilson is always moving. They do not like to let him stay behind that offensive line that is suspect as best at best. Um, it's just not what it's going to do. And, again, uh, somebody's going deep every single play. Players to watch out for, as I said, Russell Wilson um, – He is 50th. (laughs) Russell Wilson is 50th in the NFL and time in the pocket. There's only 32 damn teams. So that means there's 17 other teams that have two quarterbacks that stay in the pocket longer than Russell Wilson. Um, His average time is 2.7 seconds, and that's with screen work and all that stuff. They just want to let them stay back there until the defensive secondary breaks down. And that's what's going to happen. Now, here's the question. Who is matching up against Bosa? We have started to rotate our defensive ends left and right much more so. Now, uh, Nick Bosa takes predominantly most of his snaps, about 75%, on the defensive right side. However, they are going to rotate. Um, you know, we saw this some last week where he's lining up on the defensive left as well. Now it does look like Bosa will predominantly be going against Dwayne Brown. That's going to be you know basically a Pro Bowl All Pro matchup on both sides. A lot of fun to watch. But D Ford is going to be going against uh, uh, Jermaine Effetti for his 25 snaps. He doesn't play a lot of snaps, but he's out there on pass rushing situations. That is going to be gigantic because if you're giving up a, a passing hurry, you're leading the NFL in the most passing hurries allowed. Now you got D Ford out there fresh. <laughs> also, you have Eric Arbsted battling you on first and second down all the time. That's going to be key. Um, hey, coming off the offensive right side, defensive left side, pressure to get to Wilson. Uh, that's going to be huge. So players to exploit again. Their offensive line is rough. They're down to their fourth tight end. Um, and Luke Wilson's got cracked ribs. So uh, that's their guy that's out there. It, it's, it's definitely not an ideal situation. They don't have a complete team. They really don't. They've got three kind of all pro type players and everything else, they're just saying, you guys go win us the games. So that's what it is. Now, here we go. Let's do predictions and keys to the game. All right, explosive plays. Okay, this is what an explosive play is and this is my number one metric for this week. There's going to be so many big plays. An explosive play is categorized as a running play that goes for 12 or more yards or a passing play that goes for 20 or more yards, okay? So if we're going to keep track of these, which a bummer about me doing the podcast or the broadcast, the play-by-play and the commentary and all that stuff is I don't really get to have my notes out because I'm trying to keep up with the game. I don't get to keep a good record. But um, if I wasn't doing that, I would be keeping track of this. I'll be able to do this for the Uh, reaction show, not immediately after the game, which again, even though we're broadcasting live play-by-play for three and a half hours plus, um, we're also going to be here right after the game to celebrate the victory together, Um, and if it is a loss, we'll be breaking down why it was a loss and moving forward, things like that, but um, explosive plays, so here is my number one, the 49ers don't even need to have the most explosive plays to win this game, 49ers just need to be within three. OK, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they are built to have huge, big plays and they're going to get theirs and the 49ers are going to get theirs. But because of our defense, I really do believe I, I had the number at five, but I shrank it a little bit. If the 49ers are just within three explosive plays, they get the win. Again, it comes down to 12 or 12 plus yards or a 20 plus yard pass play. So 12 plus rushing, 12, 20 plus passing. That's an explosive play. So if we keep track of those, that is who is going to win the game. Um, Defensively, I want Wilson hit 10 plus times. That is key. And the screen game is going to be huge. If it's third and eight and they're converting screens against our linebackers, that is problematic. Okay. Screen game is going to be key for the Seattle Seahawks because that disparages the pass rush. So if, we sh- if, if you get you know Aziz and Greenlaw can shut down the first or second screen, Fred Warner out there, then they're going to move away from that. So we've got to be able to get those out early. Uh, we're going to see a screen on the very first defensive possession, I guarantee you. We might see two. And it's going to be when the momentum is huge on Monday Night Football, the crowd's going crazy, they're at third and 12, they're going to check it down. They're going to feed off um, kind of our emotions, and that's just what the screen was invented for. So those linebackers got to make that play. That's going to be huge. Uh, Hopefully they don't call the screen into our blitz, uh, which (laughs) you look at what the Cardinals did. They got us three times on that. They checked out of us whenever they saw we were bringing more than four they just checked it to a screen and they kept converting. So hopefully we can disguise our blitz a little bit more pre-snap so that they don't adjust out of that because they're gonna they're gonna see that. Uh, I'm with you, Mike. I want to see Wilson sack thirty plus times as well. Um, anyway offensive keys to the game there's not really any (laughs) just be yourself this system will work running the ball it's going to work passing the ball it's going to work we are going to be able to generate a lot of first downs again uh, they are awful whenever it comes to first downs on defense they allow long sustained drives they do all of this stuff so offense you just got to stay with what it is you've been doing now the prediction here we go I've got the 49ers winning 31 to 27. I had it at 34 to 27, but I backed it down whenever I heard the Kittle news. Um, I I still have the 49ers winning by four, which does not cover the spread. It does cover the money line. I do have us covering the over as well. I haven't put money down on it yet. I think if Kittle is active, I am betting the over um, 100% on that on my bookie. Um, But anyway. That's what we got. 49ers winning 31 to 27. If the 49ers do win this game, that's a three-game lead in the NFC West, which is that's crazy. It is crazy talk. Uh super excited though. A uh, real quick question before we jump out of here. How much work do you think the coaches did with Ward and Tart to make sure they don't have the same terrible performance? I hope they did a lot. And, you know, I just finished, you know, my second breakdown of the week for my Patreon members. Uh it, it was an hour-long defensive breakdown and we talked a lot about Juquaski Tart because he he had a terrible game, and he was taken advantage of. It. It's it's demoralizing as a player or a coach um, whenever the defense or the offense schemes to go at you every play in the run game or the passing game. And the Cardinals, they keyed on Tart. Wherever he was at, that's where the ball was going because he's just undisciplined. Uh, very, very talented, super high ceiling, but very, very low floor. He had his worst game ever as a pro. So you're hoping, they just say, play <laughs> play what you're supposed to play. If you have outside leverage, you can't get pancaked on the goal line. Um, if you're guarding the number two wide receiver on an out route, you can't stare into the, the backfield and lose who your guy is and give up a touchdown. Uh, you just can't say it. So uh, real quick, Curtis, before we jump off, man, you are kind of caught the back end of it. But that's okay. The news on George Kittle is he is doubtful. So he's at a 25% chance. And Kyle Shanahan, again, said, any other player besides Kittle... He would just be deemed out. However, because he is George Kittle, uh, he he's one of those players that even if he can dress and feel better game day, we could still put him out there because he knows everything. Uh, Kyle Shanahan even said out loud, uh, Kittle's one of those players that doesn't have to practice, which yeah, kind of hurt me a little bit. You, you don't want that message going out too often, but Kittle is Kittle. He's the best player in the NFL for a reason. And so if he is healthy and if he does feel good then let's get them out there Uh, so so that's kind of what it is so Kittle I don't think that he will play but uh, some miracle why not let's bring it let's get a Monday night miracle 49ers go out really really excited so again please tune into the broadcast really excited hot mic app use rush ESF we are going to be play by play you don't want to listen to Booger McFarlane he's going to have five mistakes before they kick the ball off so come join us it's going to be a lot more fun um we're going to have a good time so so excited the next time we'll be talking, it will be game time. And the 49ers look to increase to 9-0. and And until that point, stay strong, Faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get
0: 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.